0: Welcome to the Stem podcast. this is General Callahan and I'm Jamie Loose. Yep, we're, we've decided to mix it up for episode two, like four months after episode one. <laughs> we're sort of like the Star Wars, oh I don't know if I should say that, of yeah. podcasts right now. <laughs> uh, in that you have to wait a long time <laughs> for the new episode, new characters are introduced. <laughs> um... So, Jamie, uh, because you are new to the podcast dungeon, as yes. we have come to call it as of just now, um, can you talk a little bit about your interest in STEM?
1: Sure. So, my name is Jamie Luce, and I work for a nonprofit that supports STEM activities for K to 12 students. Not and- affiliated with this podcast. <laughs> but yeah, that's just very that awesome. Yes. <laughs> Uh, I am a former high school teacher of math and computer science. And my favorite of the STEM is the STEM letters is mathematics.
0: For the, mm, ooh, last time, um, our guest was Cindy. Uh, you will you haven't listened. So you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Cindy Carlson. And she also was a fond person. I'm not saying this very well. She was very fond of the M mm. as well, which is kind of cool because I think M is the most neglected. of
1: the- Yeah, M does tend to stand out from the le- rest of the letters. Yeah. Very theoretical, the M is. Yes. So, sometimes it doesn't. <laughs> 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 and that's the
0: M in stem. <laughs> <laughs> I crack myself up. Sorry. Science, technology, engineering and math. Um yeah, so uh, Jamie is our our co-host today. Um and we're going to talk we're doing a little bit of different format. We don't have a third guest in the dungeon tonight. Um that's a sentence I never thought I would say. <laughs> because um, I think we were a little ambitious last time in the level of logistics and coordination, um, to bring people down into a basement in Salem, New Hampshire.
1: <laughs> it's probably a little
0: more than we could.
1: In a small room, I will say. sustain yes. For s- more than three of us.
0: <laughs> it's cozy. <laughs> um. So instead of having a guest this time, we're just going to have a little conversation about um, STEM in the news, some STEM superheroes, and STEM represented in pop culture. Um, and who knows if that'll
1: be the format for episode <laughs> three.
0: <laughs> we're just going to keep the bar low right now. Yeah.
1: Uh, <laughs> um, excited about tonight, though. Yeah, I'm so excited that this, you're here. Yeah, this episode is sounds exciting, and it, there's been a lot going on lately. Yes. In the STEM world. Yes. And when we last spoke um,
0: with our audience, such as you are, um, we were talking about uh, the NASA spacewalk, the all female spacewalk that um, got canceled. um,
1: And it
0: actually happened. It did.
1: Which is exciting for me personally because I'm from Maine and one of the astronauts was from Maine. Oh, I don't think I realized that. Which is very exciting. And she actually called in to from the space station to one of her former classrooms and had a conversation with them what? just before she went out in, on the spacewalk which I must have been so exciting for those students to see someone that you know in their whole in their culture had that experience
0: that's incredible I had I was just gonna say uh-uh um <laughs> <laughs> I, <laughs> I watched it <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't watch the whole thing. Um, I kept leaving the room. Not because mm-hmm. I wasn't interested, just because, you know, life and stuff. Yeah. But um, it was it was so exciting and um, just like a great moment because I, I, I was a little disappointed in NASA. Um, since it seemed like a big reason that they didn't have uh, the original um, spacewalk happen was a lack of equipment.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so... I think it's important to address the whole problem, um, and I think this is going to really hopefully change um, what is defined as, you know, the traditional look of an astronaut. Absolutely. Um, Just a really exciting,
1: great moment. For sure. Overall. And they were, given that it's the uh, 50th anniversary of the moon landing, and the... There has been a very popular baseball commercial this season with the moon launch. Oh Um and and it's the World Series and yes, that uh, I knew. So <laughs> and they're playing in Washington DC. So all of those things coming together and the um astronauts on the space station welcomed people to the baseball game the other night live from the space station. Oh my god, I was which was so fun. So
0: my elderly father lives with us. And has been reporting on like every little nuance and somehow failed oh. to mention the astronaut. And oh
1: my gosh, is that why they're called the Astros? Yes. Because they're right. That? So they're right. So and all three astronauts right now in the space station, um, consider themselves Houston residents because oh. that's where they're home bases. Right. So it was really fun for them to be able to... And and the Astros are winning. Right. And the Astros are winning. So it was very exciting to see that connection. Yeah, my
0: father kept going on and on about how um, they've only won when they're not at the home field (laughs) and not mentioning the astronaut part at all. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, I can't believe I didn't put together the Astros and the astronaut. This is... This is like a week of Captain Obvious revelations for me. I was reading this quote from, this is getting off stem for a second, Um, David can edit it out. (laughs) But I was reading this quote from um, the Velveteen Rabbit, you know, about when they...
1: which I can't even read that book without yeah. bawling my eyes out. But, I can barely oh. think about that book without bawling my eyes out.
0: Yeah, well, for years I would get to the point where they describe like how like when you're real, it doesn't matter if your stuffing's just the things falling yeah. out. And, and, I, and I, like my whole life I was like, oh, that's what true love is. <laughs> and then for some reason... <laughs> Last week, I, I stumbled across the quote again. I was probably down some kind of Pinterest rabbit hole. And I read it again, and I was like, it's not about if other people love you. It's about if you love yourself. And my sister was like, yeah. Was like, what did you think it was about? <laughs> so I'm not always the fastest. Um, I almost said knife in the drawer, but that's mixed in my Horribly, I'm not the fastest way from the drawer. We're the sharpest. <laughs> We're the pointiest. Um, so um, one of the reasons we wanted to do this podcast was also to start highlighting different STEM superheroes. Right. And I have one that I was hoping we could talk about tonight. Awesome. I'm probably going to say her name wrong, though. Um, and I only know about her because of um
1: uh, wait wait don't tell me i'm like obsessed
0: with wait wait don't oh one of the best
1: shows on radio yes um i didn't yay sorry definitely a fellow wait waiter here yay yes all right oh my gosh i i didn't listen this weekend because we typically don't listen live we wait until we're in the car for a like, so I'm tra- like 3 weeks always like 3 weeks behind.
0: Oh, well, I don't want to spoil it. No, for no, you. it's okay. Okay. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I hope I say this right. Nalini Nadkarni is a biologist and she was um she was really interested in studying um the canopy of the Costa Rican rainforest, oh, so she was, Wow. Yeah, she's like if I think she's the pioneer, the first person who suggested that they study the um canopy of the rainforest it, yeah and she is such a crazy awesome no, she's not crazy um she's a crazy awesome just to be clear um a scientist and um has undertaken um multiple trips back to study the the canopy um and her husband is i hope i get this right an ant taxonomist Um, and that's kind of how they like got together he uh, I'm not going to tell the story very well but you should listen to her TED talk from 2009 before everybody had a TED talk Mm -hmm. and um, also the uh, episode of Wait Wait Don't Tell Me but basically he was like I'd like to study the ants of the canopy (laughs) Um, I'm sure it was smoother than my reenactment there
1: (laughs) Uh, Did she grow up in costa rica and so that was like the world around her and that's what inspired her or did she was it something that she came to as she was studying as a young person or then did it come to her kind of later in her biology career so some of this i think we're gonna have to see if we can track okay. try and get answers ourselves because i did not know and
0: i've only heard of her since saturday's episode of Wait, wait, do to tell me so even though i went down a rabbit hole i didn't dig quite that deeply okay um but uh i know she's from the pacific northwest okay um and uh part of uh part of what she's done is um in her ted talk she shows the segment of a national geographic film and i i, I pulled my notes up on my phone but now of course in the dungeon it's a little hard to see um but basically um if you go onto her ted talk you can see some footage of her going from the floor of the forest uh in costa rica all the way up to the canopy um and she's like a a tree climber um and uh she has a crossbow which i thought was super cool and a theme we will come back to spoiler alert um but she also does um, a lot of really cool and amazing um, uh, outreach programs. So the, the film that's referenced in her TED Talk is called Heroes of the High Frontier. Okay. Uh, and it, it does show them um, going up. Um, but in the early 1980s, um, she, she basically pioneered the study of um, treetop canopies. Um, and she was saying that there's different climate there different humidity. Um her first inventory was in 1981 and then she did two more inventories after that. At least that's where Wikipedia um takes her to um but a lot of her the TED Talk that she did in um 2009 um and we put this podcast up on a, a dedicated um Well, all one other episode is on a dedicated (laughs) website, but we'll put a blog entry up with links to it. Oh, excellent. Yeah. Um, So she has done an amazing amount of crazy, cool um, outreach uh, in really unexpected places. And one of the things she does is um, this thing called the Canopy Confluence, um, where she brings in these musicians and dancers, and they intentionally try to reach beyond um, the, you know, the, Insular um, ecological, she called it like preaching to the choir. Sure. Um, which I thought was really
1: cool. She, she also might call she, it Under the Canopy.
0: Oh, yes. We're very <laughs> fond because we work at the same nameless <laughs> nonprofit. Uh, we're very under the tent. But Where we do talk a lot under the tent. We love the tent. Um, <laughs> um, but she also does this sound science. Um, outreach where she brings kids through the uh the forest with a rapper from Tacoma, Washington. Neat. And like if she picks up a tree branch, he'll rap about the tree branch and then the kids have um who've gone on the walk go have gone back into a recording studio and um basically made a CD to take back to their. That's fun. Yeah, right. And she also did this thing where um, she and a group of her colleagues would get these old Barbies from um, Goodwill and, uh, like, discount stores. And they would make clothes for them um, and dress them up as treetop
1: Barbie. Oh, nice. And basically,
0: Mattel was like, mm, cut it out. <laughs> <laughs> When they started doing that, but her whole purpose behind it was, you know, trying to reach beyond the people who self-select. Sure. Um, and so for her getting girls out, uh, the word about the, the whole field of studying the canopies was really important to her. Um, and now, so this kind of brings back to STEM in the news, um, National Geographic has partnered with Mattel and they have, they don't have treetop Barbie. I think that was too small a niche um but they have recently released an entomologist marine biologist astrophysicist wildlife conservationist and photojournalist barbie nice so and she does have her own like legit treetop
1: barbie that they made just for her which i thought was that's cool super cool um photojournalist barbie that's such a great connection to stem
0: Yes, and also National Geographic yeah. because they have such amazing photography right. in that
1: magazine. That's neat.
0: Um, I'm talking a lot about her, but I, I went down this rabbit hole. Like, I don't know if this ever happens to you, but mm. I if I start Googling, I can, like, lose an entire <laughs> weekend. <laughs> <too>. <laughs> Sorry, I keep snorting. Um, and I was really excited about her because she's super funny. Um, her husband named an ant from the canopy after her and they're that's so neat each of their kids has an ant named after them now cute um so full circle on the ants though too um i saw a friend of mine post it on facebook because yes i still am active on facebook i haven't moved over to any of the other (laughs) um But um, have you seen this? I took screenshots of it and I just realized this is a podcast so no one knows what I'm talking about. I have seen that. But somebody, basically an entomologist, rated all of the ant emojis. Right. It's super crazy funny. It's so adorable. Uh, So the Google ant, as an example, they wrote, Beautifully detailed, lifelike pose, but with an unexpected neck and odd antenna, (laughs) perhaps scared straight. Her (laughs) eyes suggest she has seen things. Her expression confirms she has seen too much. She's haunted, and I want to know more. (laughs) Seven out of (laughs) ten. And then my favorite is Twitter's. Were you even trying? (laughs) Zero out of (laughs) ten. So if you're an entomologist... This is like winner, winner, chicken dinner night for mm-hmm. you because the ant ratings and the yeah. tree top, ant
1: taxonomist, and yes. entomologist Barbie. <laughs> it's like your night. Yeah. My wife's boss is an entomologist. <gasps> oh my God. Does Which... she know? I... <laughs> does she know what? All about <laughs> all of it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and we are very avid gardeners. Yeah. So there are always bugs everywhere in our on you know, on a property. So every day it's a new bug. What is that? What does it do? Who is it? What's it for? And we just catch them and bring she brings we bring them in and she makes the, her displays out of them and oh, fascinating.
0: That doesn't sound like cool for the bugs though. It's sort of um, like certain death.
1: <laughs> well, there are a lot of them. So just taking one or two and so we can study them, so it's this is fascinating. The, this is a fact
0: I'll probably <laughs> have to verify
1: <laughs> or do
0: a correction about um but I think that um that Nalini Nadkarni, who is like now one of my stem superheroes, um said that there there are something like four thousand that seems high, I'm probably wrong, but I thought she said there were like four thousand um species of bugs that live up in the tree can i can i feel like that's probably accurate okay yeah let's just go with it then and correct it later if i'm wrong and not blame nalini because it's not her fault
1: (laughs) but i what just like if you walked in your backyard here in new england you probably would see close to that number four thousand in terms of like if you thought well that ant is different from that ant, which is different from that ant, and then you mm. took all of the ones that are. I mean, there's probably like just hundreds of Theori- kinds of theoretical grubs that I dig up. So. I'm
0: sure you're 100 percent correct, but we only ever see stink bugs
1: around here. Oh yeah, <laughs> just
0: like a stink bug infestation. They were
1: they were bad here this fall, which was weird. Really, they I- wanted we had we they all wanted to come into, into our house.
0: Here too. I just kill. I mean, I'm sorry, entomologists everywhere, but with they're not paying rent, they don't need to live in our house. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't normally like to try to kill them. I like to shuttle them outside, but this one, it was either him or me. Yeah. I assume it was a him. I don't know why I'm
1: ascribing. Our pets tend to get after them. So we do also try to scoot them outside, but it turns into mayhem in our house with bugs near right. lights and our pets.
0: I feel like my dog, who you've met, <laughs> is more of a pacifist when it comes to, dog, <laughs> he to bugs. He does seem like a pacifist. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. what the cat. One of the cats, we have two cats, and, and one of them is like the Mighty Huntress. We mm. had a chipmunk in the basement once. Oh. Yeah. That was an exciting time um, because... Uh, they're fast they're fast and um you know they do have good adventures as we know from the Chippendale <laughs> <laughs>
1: series but you don't want them in your basement no no they uh, also don't pay rent just to be clear
0: no i know and we do have a, a general policy <laughs> 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 when it comes to things with so many legs yeah uh, anyway We digress. I digress. Anyway, um, so definitely check out um, Nalini's TED Talk because I think she's amazing and um, very also cool and funny. And the other thing that I wanted to mention about her is she uh, has a project with um, prisons. There's this whole industry now around mosses, um, and it's really damaging to the forest to take the the mosses off and make them into those, like, planters Mm -hmm. that, that... Um, people love so much basically she has this prison reform project where incarcerated men and women are growing mosses for um floriculture industry and florists and as a result of that she started this whole seminar series in the prisons in um, the pacific northwest and they've done projects with beekeeping water catchment um recycling and um as of the 2009 TED Talk, which I know is some time ago, um, 10 years ago, uh, sorry, I still am like 10 <laughs> years ago, <laughs> it <was> like 1994. <laughs> no, it wasn't. <laughs> so showing my age. Um, but the, the last one that she talked about in her TED Talk was uh, bringing back, raising um, the Oregon or Oregon, however. Is mm. it Oregon or Oregon? I think
1: if you're from there, it's Oregon. Okay.
0: But if you're not, you're Oregon. I think
1: if you're from here, it's Oregon. <laughs> they want you to go, <laughs> you're Oregon.
0: <laughs> I think you're right.
1: I don't really know.
0: Um, but uh, they were um, basically working on bringing back the uh, spotted Oregon Oh sp- yes, spotted frog, which yeah. I thought was super cool. And, That's interesting. Yeah. And like working with all kinds of different populations and getting them interested and invested in um, in science. And she she ends her TED Talk by talking about how, um, w- you know, we tend as a culture to compartmentalize people. So you're, yes. you're one thing instead right. of many things. Um, but she said nature's a great common denominator for us all. Um, and she also shows a picture of the heart, the human heart, and the way the uh, blood vessels and arteries, capillaries, all that branches out, it looks like a tree. Mm-hmm. Um, so she said, when we come to understand nature, we are touching the most deep, most important part of ourselves. Oh. I know, it's beautiful. The grammar Nazi in me, though, is like, it's not most deep, it's deepest.
1: Because <laughs> that's, that's a kind of nerd podcast. I am. <laughs> we'll be starting that show in about an hour. <laughs> I know my husband is like, you just can't help yourself. <laughs> um, do you
0: have a STEM superhero?
1: Uh, so I, I always pick the same person when people ask me that. And it's very traditional. And uh, But for me, the person I think changed our culture the most probably is not inspiring people to become mathematicians. But that's Isaac Newton. Ooh. Yeah, who a lot of people think like, oh, what did Newton do? Well, and everyone says, well, Apple falls, falls, fell on his head. and so really what he did was invented calculus, which allowed us basically to get out of the dark ages in terms of thinking and expanded ideas about math and science and physics. And so for me, he is definitely the superhero of superheroes. Yeah. Why do people like the apple? That's what they think. I mean, I know yeah. they do, but yeah. it's like open
0: Franklin and the key. Right. I think, if you, right,
1: if, I think <laughs> if you ask the average middle schooler what. Who Isaac Newton is? They would say, "Oh, he's the dude with the apple on his head."
0: No, I think you're absolutely and, uh, right. Like,
1: that's true. That's an okay answer for <laughs> middle school. Right. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm sorry, I'm being so judgmental. Um, anyway, I think that's a great answer. I don't think you should ever. Yeah, and I for, who for your so
1: are. I uh, he is a very interesting character because he thought on his own, which. In our culture now, a lot of the f- most forward thinking happens in groups, Right. and the most, most of the most powerful research out there comes from kind of big groups of people collaborating right. on these concepts, and he was not a collaborator. He was always by himself. He lived off in the English countryside and just like wrote and thought and conceived these really complex ideas on his own without the without that feeling of another person to bounce off you know bounce your concepts off of or just like wrap something in a nice little package and when other people uh first started publishing their work on calculus he was like oh I thought of that like 20 years ago and you know showed his work and and so people are like, how did you, like, what was that like for you kind of by yourself? And he just, you know, that was just the way that he was. That was how he thought. And that, that to me is really interesting compared to, like I said, the world that we live in, which is so collaborative. And I, I imagine what would it have been like if he had had a partner or two or three to talk through their ideas and what would they have come up with together as a group rather than just kind of him and himself um, by, you know with that idea yeah but the other thing that fascinates me about Isaac Newton is I think he was really into time travel and there's lots of um fiction work out there that that includes him and discovering time travel Mm. which is very fascinating to conceive that like another person again like off yourself in the in the English countryside where would you go if you just could think by yourself for years and years on end and it seems like time travel could get into that brain. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I also, I remember kind of getting really skeptical and being like, well, th- you know, th- that's never going to happen. But it feels now like it's more in within reach than, than or maybe I just have um, a lot more flexibility in my thinking now um, because of all the crazy advances we've seen in sh- such a relatively yeah, short right. blink of time. Um, speaking of science fiction, um, it's Halloween this week and, um, I have been, um, waiting for the second season of, of, I think it, it's not going to be Haunting of Hill House. I don't know what they're calling it, but um, last year around this time, Netflix dropped Haunting of Hill House. And have I, have you ever seen it? I haven't. Okay, well, you should totally watch it. Okay. If you like spooky, scary stories, do you know the story of Hill House? No. I'm not much of a spooky person, oh I will I love, say. I, can we still be friends? Yes. Because I love yes. spooky stuff.
1: I, I've seen some things, like A Quiet Place. That, oh, yeah, That movie was pretty scary. I would scary. never survive that world. That, <laughs> no, <laughs> we have to stop talking <laughs> and be quiet. <laughs> oh, that movie was intense. Yeah, when she was in labor in the tub. Oh my so god. I, who is this person? <laughs> um spoiler alert. <laughs> We'll just stop there. Back to Haunting of Hill House.
0: So this was like a a modernized reimagining of the Shirley Jackson story. So there were some big differences between the the series and the books. But um, if you like rabbit holes Mm. um, there's a whole rabbit hole on Reddit devoted to um, whether Hill House was really haunted or um, there's black mold that gets, spoiler alert, discovered in the house. And Um, I did some research on that because I um, go down rabbit holes, as we've already established, (laughs) and um, I was really surprised at uh, the connection between um, toxic black mold and also fungus um, that... There's a contingent of researchers who believe that that's what uh, hauntings really are. Oh, interesting. Yeah, particularly the fungus can cause, like, psychedelic Mm -hmm. hallucinations, and it definitely correlates with, like, the older houses. um, For sure. Yeah, Um, but I also found out that, um, and I kind of knew this already, but I need it to go back down a rabbit hole and that uh, hallucinations can also be a result of certain types of um, dementia. Like, um, Mm -hmm. uh, and this was fascinating to me. um, And I can put the references in case it's a, it was a bad or not um, conclusive study. And you can correct me later. um, All two of you listeners. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But apparently like, um, The Louis Louis, Louis bodies, if I'm saying that correctly, they um, see brightly colored people or animals. Um, And then Alzheimer's uh, can sometimes be, um, like, figures in the room. Oh, interesting. And there's another type that uh, they see bugs. Um, And all of these kind of correlate to, like, these modern telling they of, do um hauntings and um possession and stuff like that so, sure uh, i'm like yay science because i love to be scared but also part of me is like oh please let it not happen to me <laughs> <laughs> so um i i don't know i thought that that was super fascinating and then um There are also certain conditions, like if you've got a bladder infection or you're really dehydrated, um, that can bring on hallucinations, too. For sure. And then rather than just drop that, I also looked at a couple different sites on, like, what you do if somebody tells you that they're seeing all of these things. And they said that um, the majority of websites that I found said, uh, really, you want to make sure that you stay calm, Mm -hmm. that you reassure and you validate the concerns um and then you look for the patterns of the um instances where they're saying that they they see they're seeing these things um and definitely make sure that you're consulting with doctors um, yeah but basically distract and redirect and um when I was still single I lived in this building with a storage unit and then my neighbor um would it just come up to me and talk very normally and then Out of nowhere, he would tell me about um, the people who lived in the attic, and nobody lived in the attic, but he was really adamant that people that lived in the attic and would pull his ceiling up and pee down the walls. And it was one of those moments where like, you don't realize that the conversation is taking a giant left turn, and Mm -hmm. then all of a sudden it does. Um, But now having some context that maybe there was something that he was battling Mm -hmm. um, makes those conversations feel a lot less um, scary, for lack of a better yeah explanation, because I just kind of remember being like, huh, um, you're blocking the exit. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. it's uh, And I don't want to, you know, make fun of um, illnesses or anything like that, but it, it was the kind of thing that I didn't know enough about to know what was really happening with him, and now those, the, the, those contexts make a lot more sense, that, that there was something that um, he was probably battling Mm -hmm. at the time. But for a while, I was like, this is it. This is my moment of haunting.
1: (laughs) And I will not know what to do. I grew up in a haunted house. Did you really? Yeah. Yeah. Roy was the ghost name. Oh, my God. And And I'm sitting here like, (laughs) it's all science, Jamie. (laughs) My mother talked about him like he was a person that who... You know, he would open windows and open doors or shut doors. Um,
0: and you know, Do you know, was that just your name for him, or did he like write on the wall or something? No, like,
1: oh, he. Well, I he. Was that here. was. <laughs> it was the man who lived in the house before we did, and still, and, and still, and it, his, his house had burned down. I don't think he was in it. Um, he was he just died of old age. Um, but then we built on the foundation of his house, and that was. My mother talked about him like he was right there with us. Gosh. Yeah. It was very... As a child, I remember being like, this is weird. But it's just one of those things. Like, oh, that's just Roy. Well, if you want to go down another internet rabbit hole, there's always
0: um, stories about like little kids saying, sorry, creepy things (laughs) (laughs) that they don't remember when they get older. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, there's no science behind that, really, yeah. that I know of. But um, I always thought that was interesting, too, that, like, sometimes little kids can just be, like, the creepiest thing yeah. ever. Next to clowns. Which right. Just, um, so we live near um, Canaby Lake Park. Oh, Right. New Hampshire, and we were talking earlier about uh, this annual thing they do call, called Scream Fest. Yes. I've um, only heard
1: about it secondhand. Yeah. And there's, say.
0: there's a clown that oh. walks around and I do not make eye contact with mm-hmm. him at all. <laughs> <laughs> this went down an interesting tangent.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. A lot of people. Then we also lived, my uh, my wife and I lived in a house after, obviously after I left home, um, in another house that was haunted. Um, and it was one of, it was a house that was on, like, as part of the historical society in the town that we lived in. So it had been built in the 1700s. And it was the Charles someone house. And so Charles was definitely still in that house, which was weird. Like, you could definitely, for me, I could definitely feel, like, his presence at certain times of the day or, it's like, we were doing certain activities and it'd be, like, there is certainly someone else in this house. Oh, my gosh. So, so I maintain a healthy
0: skepticism. <laughs> like, I like all the scientific explanations. But um, um, I, I went to visit the uh, Winchester Mystery House mm-hmm. a few years, a couple summers ago. And because I was out in San Jose and, like, it's right there. Um, mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> sorry. Um, and uh, I guess friend of mine had told me that there are two tours you can go on of the Winchester Mystery House. And one is, she was this crazy old lady who never got over a certain deaths in her life and um, basically went uh, insane. And then the other tour, which was the one that I got to go on, was, um, you know, she had some tragedies in her life. But she was this super inventive woman who had the money and resources um, to... Really, design an inventive and um, forward-thinking home, mm. um, which I liked. That tour, I yeah, was, like, that sounds interesting. It was super cool. It totally down for that. Like she had this type of arthritis in her legs, so she had these special stairs built so she didn't mm-hmm. have to um, walk, uh, take big steps, yeah, upwards um, or downwards. Uh, she had this neat like garden um, solarium type room that um had all these features to keep it keep her plants watered and and stuff like that and she was also really generous with her um staff Mm. and um even on the she was a very inventive woman they address the rumors of the ghosts Mm -hmm. um so if you if you're not familiar she was the heiress to the winchester arms Mm -hmm. fortune and she kept building and building onto her house and so there's a couple like doors that go nowhere right stairs um but there's also just like cool stuff um and the thing that struck me most about that whole tour was i guess after was it the 1906 earthquake um, the big San Francisco mm-hmm. earthquake, um, she just decided not to use a wing of her house anymore. And I remember just being <laughs> like, I can't even imagine having that kind of money. Yeah. Where you're like, oh, well, <laughs> we'll just shut it down. Um, but I, I got a little away from my point. Oh, um, even on the, she was a just a, a really creative thinker tour that I went on. Um, they addressed the the rumors about the hauntings. and they did say that there there was um consistent reports over time uh, about a uh, I think it was a gardener. and then they showed a picture of him where where people have seen him mm-hmm. on the ground. So I maintain a healthy skepticism about hauntings. I'm not fully one hundred percent convinced, but I think the uh, the the scientific explanations for a lot of the like, evilly things right
1: right (laughs) um that that's reassuring (laughs) yeah i think the beauty of stem and really the the parts of stem that make uh, those of us that are inspired by it or that really enjoy it is that it does open up those the possibility of being skeptical about things on the edge because if you it I, i think if you don't take the time to go down those really go down those rabbit holes and figure out like where reality ends and and the non-reality begins like it's really like science who, that helps us define those spaces yes. of the edge so I think that's really like being a thinking about being a critical thinker and, and thinking in the kind of like that algorithmic style helps you figure out where your own line is of what like where the skepticism is good to be like, that's my line in the sand. That's where I'm skeptic over there. Yes. Creepy children is my yes. line. <laughs> <laughs> um, time travel. That's my line. Yeah. Oh, you, your line is that time travel? I still want to believe it can happen. Yeah. I think it could be real. I think that we could. I think there's... I think the math can could probably work out. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I'm going to trust you because you're the... And mm, mm of. STEM. <laughs> <laughs> I did want to mention um, if you haven't seen the story about um, that Forbes did on the If Then summit and the science of storytelling, um, The author talked a lot about uh, CBS has a, a Saturday show called Mission Unstoppable. And it's Miranda Cosgrove um, talking to female innovators. And it was executive produced by Gina Davis, who's a, like an Olympic level archer. So we're back to crossbows. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a connection I made very weakly earlier to Nalini Ned Carney, who also uses a crossbow. Um, Miranda Cosgrove, if you remember, played Summer Hathaway in mm. School of Rock, which is like. The best rock child movie, <laughs> ever. and I'm pretty sure that's why my stepdaughter plays the bass. I might be wrong about that, but David's covering his face right now, so I don't have a reaction from him. But she loved that movie when she was a little little girl, and um, yeah, uh, there's a girl bass player in there, so I thought that was kind of cool that. Miranda Cosgrove, um, who is a child star, is now turning around um, Mm -hmm. and helping to inspire um, young children um, and young girls in particular with this show about female innovators. I think a lot of times we end up hearing a lot more about like the Elon Musks um, Mm -hmm. and these uh, big figures of innovation who are... um, a certain category um so I think expanding the definition of what an innovator can be and look like is so super important and it and kind of like the um National Geographic um Barbies like meeting the kids where they are instead of right. always expecting
1: them to um, right. come to right yeah. I think one of the things when it, it, exactly what you said about innovation is that people you know our culture is it's so good at celebrating like the big jumps or the the big the really impactful innovations and innovation can be just like tiny little iterations that yes. make the ability to make a big jump there a, a possibility right. and that, that it, that's why it's so important to really have everybody see themselves as an innovator in some way um, so that you don't feel like you have to make a you know a moon size jump, you can just make like a little, small jump. Okay, oh, love that. Yeah, it's still, that's still cool, and it's still, it's a cool way to think, and it's still respected, it's still respectable. Yes, thanks for listening. Yes, and thanks to our sound editor. Yes. You're in an hour. Yes. David the giggler. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> thanks so much. James. And our intern. Yes, we have an intern. I don't know. Drew Baca. <laughs> No, he's a mascot. In the podcast dungeon, we have a Chewbacca wearing an R2D <laughs> sweatshirt that we've named Drew Baca. <laughs> All, right. All right. Awesome. Thanks so much, James. Yeah.